Oh my god It's another episode Ladies and gentlemen I want to welcome you This is recorded We got somebody that caters You gotta feed the soul Let's go Taste the essence Sing to him Beyonce We gotta feel good in the soul We gotta know that we are great Let's go Thank you, thank you We gotta cater to each other y'all We gotta cater in love Black is beautiful This is recorded, let's go Good morning, good afternoon, good evening Another day, another podcast This is recorded podcast, that is Hope you had a good day, hope all is well with you Uh, Joined by somebody very special uh this is family this is uh love this is a great person man this is just a person that really admire the way she carries herself the way she you know brings her family together the way she's the rock the way she goes about her business just everything and you're gonna get to know her right here today on this is recorded podcast please introduce yourself well hello to all of the listeners i am Marshawn L. Brevard. I am a co-owner of Taste of Essence, Essence Catering Services, and Say Yes Events and Creations. Okay, okay. So, you were born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Tell us a little bit about that. So, yes, definitely from from the mud in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, my husband often says that, you know, I was really a county girl because you could put one foot in the county and one foot in the city where I was raised but um, born and bred in Baltimore um, did all of my education here went to the great western high school um, and that's basically how I began okay okay so tell us a little bit about uh, The Wire The Wire is a big show do you feel like The Wire got it right on Maryland in the accents and everything um, so here's the thing. Um, my my brother-in-law came here and was like, okay, so what area do you guys live in? Because, you know, I've been watching The Wire. And it was so hilarious to us because I was like, okay, The Wire really represents like a 12-block radius. That is absolutely not Baltimore. Don't get me wrong. The, the parts that they did show they were pretty much dead spot on with a lot of things, but that's not the Baltimore that I know. You know, that's not the Baltimore that I love. I think that um, it gives Baltimore a bad rap. Um, I think that a lot of people felt like this was not a place that, that they could come to. I think that it gave people um, an opportunity to really point a finger and say that this is not a place, you know, that you want to go and visit or this is not a place that you want to live. And the reality of it is you have some great individuals that have, you know, really come from Baltimore and were really able to make it. People that have good hearts, people that, um, you know, want to be able to make it. I feel like if you can make it in Baltimore, you can make it anywhere. So it's, you know, turns you into somebody that determined to make it. Definitely. So, basically, it's a show, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like all of 
you know, Baltimore, like is it they wrote it well. I was a little bit yeah. disappointed in that last season though. That last season kinda killed me. They did they, yeah. they focused too much about the newspaper in that last season. I was like, oh, I wanna they know did. more about Marlo and stuff like that. I didn't want to hear more about the newspaper, but okay, so let's settle this now. Can you say do and to in a sentence to see if it's really true about people from Baltimore? It's really true. Everything that I like to do requires two people. <laughs> oh, man. So we got it settled here, ladies and gentlemen. It is very true. So Taste the Essence is food catering, and then you got Say Yes events. But f- more of the Taste of Essence, when did cooking become a part of your life, and when did you get interested in cooking, or who introduced you? So... Um, cooking has literally been my life. And I know other people say that and they talk about their love for cooking, but it truly has been a part of my life. For as long as I can remember, um, food has always been um, something that has brought my family great joy. Um, It started with my grandmother, um, rest in peace to Elsie Bonham, um, but she would get in the kitchen and she would cook for hours and hours and hours and have her family over for Thanksgiving. It was always 30 plus people at my grandmother's house. And it was a part of the happiest times of my life. So for me, um, cooking was always about joy. And then you fast forward to my mom, um, Miss Betty or Miss Elaine, as people call her. And um, she worked for, a nursing home and she was um, an assistant food service manager and then she worked her way up to being um, the actual food service manager and being the head of the kitchen and even as a little girl she would bring me in to watch her at work and I remember being super little and every year they would have something that was called a lawn party and my sisters Bridget and Renee would go and they would help my mom at this lawn party and then we would be able to come as guests. But for me, that started it all. Um, At the lawn party, there were watermelon bowls and ice sculptures and, you know, things of this nature. And I would see my mom um, create masterpieces, even though she wasn't doing the, the ice sculptures and the watermelon bowls. She was frying the chicken. She was making, you know, potato salad. And it was for hundreds of people, and she was doing it with ease. And I would watch people come up to her and, you know, tell her how much they enjoyed her food. And people would take a bite, and the eyes would kind of roll back in their head. And, you know, she would just have a smile on her face and would be so delighted. And that same thing translated over into our family on Sundays we would have these big Sunday dinners and you know people would laugh and you know all of that and it just created a love for cooking for me and I actually started cooking when I was eight years old wow so you know and that's amazing too it's just certain things and childhood memories that everybody has in their head and you know cooking is definitely like uh, I was having a talk with my wife. Shout out my beautiful wife, but uh, and shout out Elaine, my, my side piece. Uh, <laughs> I was having this uh, exactly. 
<laughs> I was having this talk and I was like, man, like when you were young, you really didn't eat out that much. You know, for us, I mean, kids nowadays, right. I don't really know, but it's like, we was like, well, what was your favorite thing to eat when you was young? It's like, I mean, it wasn't really too much out places. It was more so at home, you know, like it's nothing exactly. like coming home or being home and then you just smell the food getting cooked and all that. You're like, wow, this is good and I can't wait to eat and have your favorite meal ready. And it's just be a good time. People laughing, talking, joking. Thanksgiving is always a big thing. And y'all have a huge family. So, like, yeah. it's just... <laughs> It's a good time, man, and we always get together and have a good time. So definitely food and family go hand in hand. But uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember? Um, initially, when I first started, I remember in elementary school, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, that was something that I, I was super interested in in elementary school. I don't remember what sparked that for me um and later on as i started getting older and really um started doing my research i actually wanted to be a teacher and my journey in college started off with um elementary education and that was wholeheartedly what i wanted to be i've always loved children my entire life and i've always felt like um a teacher is just super important when it comes to a child's life so for me that was the ultimate dream go to college get your degree and become a teacher that's what i wanted to be and you know what like i always knew like i was uh went to school in california so i was pretty much like raised there my high school years and i was like man i kind of wanted to be a teacher i had a cool like high school teacher and they really mm -hmm. do make a difference in people's life but like you know and that's why it's so important to educate people in their life on what they want to do and ways to go about it because for me i was like well i know i'm not staying in california i want to move back closer to new york so i ain't even take no classes or do anything to be a teacher mm -hmm. but like you said i feel the same way as that like a teacher you know sometimes a lot of kids and i really feel for kids during this pandemic because home is not really a good place it's a, you know it has right. a lot of pain it got a lot of trauma but at school it's that release and everybody remembers certain teachers and certain things that went on, you know, in their life. And a teacher could really like change them and sculpt them where they didn't have that hope or that dream or anything at home. So, like, definitely we share that in common. Shout out to all the teachers. Shout out to all the parents that are virtual learning. We praying for you hard. We got the prayer warriors for you. Absolutely. <laughs> because, because the people that's virtual learning are the principal, and the principal will beat you. They will beat you. <laughs> like, there is no child abuse. There is nothing. You are getting beat, and I know you cannot. Well, I know you're trying to risk getting COVID just so you don't have to stay home and get beat because your behind is feeling like COVID right now. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. So, so Maryland Absolutely. is known for seafood. Do you feel like Maryland truly has the best seafood? So, and this is probably the first time that a lot of my followers will even hear this, but I am allergic to shellfish. So I cannot um, eat shrimp. I cannot eat crabs. And it's so crazy because initially when I grew up, I could. Um, I could eat crabs and everything like that. And I had one incident where I got sick off the of crab and then I could only eat crab claws, which I did for years. And then 
it slowly transitioned into me being allergic. People would always ask me, oh, my God, how are you from Maryland? And you can't even experience the seafood. Like, are you allergic to it? And I would always say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not allergic. It's just, you know, I can't eat it. Like, it does, you know, something to my stomach. And, you know, I always get dogged out, right? And it's so crazy because... I love the smell of it. I I love cooking it and all of that stuff, but I can't I cannot taste it. So I've been told because my husband is not from Maryland, he's from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to to my husband for that. But um, he said that he feels like we have the best seafood. But I personally, I can't really answer that question. You know, and it's crazy because now, do you prepare it still? Can you cook it? I do. And it's so crazy because most people, like I said, most people don't know that. I have on my menu, um, you know, fried shrimp, uh, honey, butter, garlic shrimp, um, all kinds of stuff. I'm always serving seafood. And um, I mean, Typically, it's 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 typically shrimp that I'm serving, but I've even done um, you know crab cakes and different stuff like that because we do a lot of weddings and um, retirement parties and birthday parties, milestone birthday parties and things of that nature. And because we are in Maryland, people typically want seafood. I just recently, um, my family was asking for it; they wanted cream of crab soup, and so I was like, okay. I can always get to a certain point. So if it's a sauce or something like that, I can taste it prior to. But once I put in the seafood, I have to have somebody else taste it. And I personally have to thank God because people are always ranting and raving. I had um, a customer to hit me up like my husband doesn't even like anybody else's seafood salad except for mine. And he ate all of yours. And I hit her back like that's really a testament to what I believe my gift is because I can't even taste it to know <laughs> what it tastes like. And she was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, I can't taste any of the seafood dishes. I have no idea what they taste like. That's amazing. My dad is also allergic to seafood. So I really got into it as an adult because it was like, I mean, we're not going to no seafood spot. Like in, in the New York, in the Bronx, they got this place called city Island. that got a lot of seafood and stuff like that. But I don't remember going like that. My aunt said she took us, but I don't remember going because he just was like, wash your hands and like, hey, just kind of stay away from me when you uh, yeah. eating that seafood because it'll make them get hives and stuff like that. So that's crazy. But, you know, it's so weird that you say that, too, because it seems like your taste buds and sometimes when even what's even weirder is like the allergy to things that you were not allergic to as you were younger. That's like very, very weird, but very common, it seems like. Yeah, and it's like getting, <laughs> I laugh all the time, but it's like 40, that's something totally different to your body. Like, I'm telling you, and people don't want to uh, admit to it, but that 40 thing is for real. And I, I really, um, for so long, was dealing with, you know, like the shrimp and stuff like that. And the only reason I found out that I had then become allergic to it was a shrimp tail. Um, I always, you know, clean my shrimp and things like that with gloves on all of my food, all of my cooking and stuff. And um, a shrimp tail pricked me through my gloves. And I kept, um, my eyes started swelling and 
um, my eyes were itching and stuff. And I was like, what happened? You know, what is going on? And um, I happened to look down and saw that I had this prick. And when I tell you from that point on, it has only, it has progressively gotten worse. Um, it, you know, I can't really, um, touch it anymore and really deal with it. You know, like you were saying, as far as, as far as like your dad is concerned, um, it's now getting to the point where even, um, cooking it, I can kind of, you know, like feel my throat tightening and, you know, stuff like that. So I'm like, Oh God, how long is, is this going to last? But as a kid, I was eating it, you know, and I didn't have any issues or any problems or anything like that. But then that big boy over it, and it was all over. It was a wrap. <laughs> okay, so stay away from seafood. That's not to sell. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get you to stay away from the sea. Somebody else going to have to take, you're going to have to get a secret recipe to somebody else, and they're going to have to take that with them to the grave. They can't tell, tell nobody. But so now, you know, what's the difference for you between working in a regular environment and working on your own? So to me, um, I feel like the stress is really constant. And not even um, to the point where it's, you know, working with other people or different things. I've always been great at that. I've always, you know, um, have been able to have maintain a cordial, or I would even say be on cordial relationship with my bosses. Great, um, you know, bosses pretty much had a, a family sort of atmosphere in every corporate job that I've ever worked in. But this um, entrepreneur thing is not for the faint at heart. Um, you become, especially when you are a small business and you are starting from the ground up, you become everything. You are the promoter. You are the marketing team. You are um, the social media person. You are tech support, tech edit. Like, you, you become all of those things. And um, it gets to a point where you have to learn to turn it off. Because if you don't, you can go on forever. Um, and our business, um, especially because we cater as well, People are constantly reaching out and you're doing contracts. And, you know, like I said, you become everything. And so for me, I feel like um, it causes your stress to go up tremendously. Um, and then in addition to that, it is just so many things that are uncertain. If I go to work every day, I, I know that I'm guaranteed a paycheck um, for the most part. If I'm, you know, once a week, I'm getting my paycheck on, on Friday, or if I'm, you know, once every two weeks, then I know that I'm guaranteed a paycheck. I know what that number is going to be. So that kind of lulls some of the stress for most people. That's a guaranteed thing that's always going to be coming in. But when you are an entrepreneur and you are working for yourself, um, it's, it's uncertain. I don't know how many... Um, catering jobs I'm necessarily going to get so I'm always on the grind I always have to be hungry I always have to make sure that I'm at the top of my game people that can work a regular nine to five don't necessarily have to say that I can you know go in and I'm not feeling all that great so you might get 50 percent I can never do that this is my business it has my name attached to it I always have to go 150 and and beyond so for me I always have to put my best foot forward. I always have to present 
the best version of myself and I can't never I, I can never stop giving that it always has to be that and for me I think that that's the the main difference between nine to five working for somebody else and working a company that uh, represents your name yeah and that's like you hit on all the key points is that like I think that's why so many people rather just get that paycheck because it's like when you go in business for yourself it's so many highs and lows, ups and downs. And a lot of people, when you get that paycheck at the end of two weeks, no matter how you perform, really, unless you get fired, you're like, all right, cool. I could do this. But when you like, yo, I had steady business. I killed the summer. But then from September to December, you ain't really getting no business. That might make you rethink this whole like entrepreneur thing. And that's the thing about an entrepreneur. You have to have a winner's mindset and a, a drive not to give up, surround yourself with good people and always tapping into new ideas. Like lately, I just had this drive like, OK, every Wednesday I'm going to drop the podcast. I'm going to get my boy. He knows how to do artwork. I'm going to interview people that I love what they doing. And maybe, you know, a lot of people don't know about their story. They just know their business and it's a way to promote their stuff, a way for people to learn more about them, because I believe in when you buy into the person you'll buy into the business sometimes too or, or vice versa but it's really not for the weak and it's really easy for people to say you crazy what are you doing go back to work stop doing this this is embarrassing you're making a fool of yourself these are all things that play in your head sleepless nights are like am i doing something that's right but i feel like you get these little things of confirmation like when you tell me hey i don't really listen to podcasts but i like your podcast when I have family, little Duke and them, they're like, hey, man, like, I heard something on your podcast, it was confirmation. That's like, hey, they say in the name of the Lord, if two or more are gathered, if I got two people that's like, look, I'm rocking with it. It's like, hey, maybe it ain't that million and all that that people used to see it on YouTube, but the content that I'm bringing and the assurance that I feel like I'm doing something good and that real vibe of not feeling like work, it keeps me going, and that's what entrepreneurs have to learn if you it takes time and you got to have the ultimate belief in yourself because everybody around you are you ready for that pressure when your spouse don't believe in you when your family don't believe in you when a lot of people think you're crazy are you ready for that pressure a lot of people ain't gonna be ready for it so please please if you really want to get into it patience is the key word yeah absolutely right and the one thing that i will say is you hit on you hit on it perfectly. The the fact of the matter is the very people that you think are going to going to support you may not be your supporting cast. I have three people that are out of um, Florida that like every post that I that I make, um, they're constantly you know um, sending good stuff my way. Um, always giving me encouragement and things of that nature. And these people are all the way in Florida. And I had to learn that it is not about the people that don't support you. It is about the people that do support you. And that's what you have to have to learn to thrive off of. Like you said, there are these little pockets of inspiration that that constantly keep you going. The one thing that I can say is, my husband has been so supportive from day one. Um, I don't know if that makes him just as crazy as I am, but 
he's always he's always been super supportive from day one. Whatever you want to do, I have your back 100%. I'm always going to be there. If I'm rocking, he is definitely rolling. And even when I get down and I'm like, listen, babe, this is not going, you know, the way that, that I thought it was going to go. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, start putting some applications in and get a job. And he's like, don't you dare. Like, that's not what God called you to do. And that's not what he said you're supposed to be doing. And he's like, don't do that. You keep getting discouraged. And he's like, so look at the positive aspects of it. Every now and then I'll have one of my clients hit me up and say, that was the best thing that I've had all week. Do you know how amazing that is with all of these billion dollar companies out here that, you know, are selling people food for somebody to say to you, that was the best thing that I, that I ate all week. You know what I'm saying? That, it's those little wins and those little pockets of, of gratitude that floats you on to the next thing. You know, when you're extremely down and you're looking at the numbers and they don't seem right, those are the things that carry you on, you know, to the next pocket. And then for me, being a mom, I'm a mom to my core and I refuse to leave this world without having a legacy that my children can be proud of. I refuse to leave this world and leave it worse than when I came here. I have something to give, not just for my children, but I'm I, I wholeheartedly believe in the black community. There's some kid out there that's going to need a job for me. There's some kid that I'm going to be able to pour into their spirit. Yes, it's food, but it's bigger than that. It's, it's other things that I'm going to have to do that's going to be, you know, attached to this food. So at the end of the day, I can't give up. I, I, I just cannot. It may seem like the easy way out, but it's, it's definitely not. You have so many other things that's attached to this. You don't have a choice but to keep going. Like you said, we want it to happen overnight, but you hear that constantly. They're constantly calling people, oh, they were an overnight success. And people laugh at that and say, oh, 17 years makes you overnight? You don't know somebody's story and somebody struggled to get to the point where, where they are now. People see the glory, they see the light, they see the flashy things, but they don't know, you know, everything that it took them to get to that point. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be patient. You have to keep pouring into yourself. You have to educate yourself on the industry that you're in. You have to surround yourself with people that are like-minded or greater-minded, people that have what you want to get to the levels that you want to be at and you cannot you cannot listen to the naysayers people called everybody that's great they called them crazy what do you mean you're going to go out here and you're going to put something in a little box and people are going to be able to connect to it looking at you know bill gates and people like you know steve jobs and stuff like that everybody was telling these people that they were crazy. And the one thing that I can say that constantly sticks out in my mind is you are one step away from being great. Everybody has greatness in them. It's just whether or not you choose to keep going to get to it. But I won't stop. Definitely. We can't stop. Definitely. Shout out to Devon. Uh, shout out to my beautiful wife. Shout out to everybody, man, that really motivates their family. And this is the one thing is like your spouse, your brother, sister, cousin, mom, dad, whatever. They taste buds ain't the same as you. They fashion ain't the same as you. Their music may not be the same as you. 
They make a see better than you. They make a hear better than you. So what does that make the difference as in your business choices? They're not going to get it. Some people don't get it, but you don't love them less because, hey, you can't even eat seafood, but somebody around you eats seafood and you, what, you're not going to love them no more? It's like, no, it's like vision. I wear glasses. Other people don't. I, we got different visions. And as long as we respect and love each other through it all, that's all that matters. So it's just like, but with entrepreneurship, you got to be your number one supporter. You, as in the owner and as the brainstorm and as co-owner or together, y'all just have to grind it out. And But you have to have supreme confidence in self because it's hard. And that's what people fail to realize. They just want to see like, Oh, I seen, you know, Jeff Bezos or I seen Pinky with Slutty V, you know, I seen this and I seen that. And it just sounds so easy in this great story, but it's hard, hard. And that's what's going to separate the people that's going to make it from the people that's not going to make it. Because it's going to be times where you might go broke or you might be close to broke. But are you going to stay down or are you going to get back up? And that's what everybody you know, fails to realize, and that's why people quit, or people don't even get started, more dreams are killed because you didn't start it, versus then you really did it, you know, and for everybody, if you got that crazy idea, try it out, you never know, everybody had this crazy idea, you know, Amazon started on books, like, he didn't even have some of the books, and he would just find them, and then just send them out, and look at, Amazon is a household thing, I heard this thing, uh, where you want to become bigger than the product, like, Everybody says, hand me that Coke. They don't say that soda or something. It could be any kind of RC Cola, doctor, but people just say, hand me that Coke. You want to create that business. Like, hand me that, you know, like that taste, man, that taste of essence. Let me hand me that. Or it's kind of like this. Oh, it's what is Uber Eats. Everybody call DoorDash Uber or Lyft or something. You want to create that business that it's like, I am the king. Uh, hand me that Kleenex. All tissue is not called Kleenex, but do you want to become that company that's like, yo, they kind of just took over everything and you could do it. You just got to really believe in yourself. But definitely an example of hardships is the Corona shut down the world and it really shut down a lot of businesses. How have you been able to maintain and stay focused during this time with your business? So for us, it was the same thing that so many other businesses have done. It was really about recreating ourselves a little bit. So where we couldn't go out and do our regular um, everyday delivery service, we were doing Wednesday through Saturday, um, it caused us to be able to sit back and kind of analyze what we needed to do. So that's what we did. We recreated um, Taste of Essence and we started doing meal prep. So our customers that loved us, that wanted to do something a little bit healthier, were able to, you know, continue to get that service. And instead of it being um, delivered to them on a daily basis, it was being delivered once a week. So, um, and, and I'm grateful for that, that we didn't, um, you know, we didn't fold, that we were able to, you know, strategize and come up with, with different ways for us to be able to still, um, to still thrive, to still be able to do business um, with people. And it even got to a point where, um, you know, it really wasn't even just about the healthier side. It was really just about, you know, I, I love your food and I want to be able to enjoy your food. So we were given our regular meals as well. We even have family meals 
for people that, you know, are super busy, somebody that um, cannot get out and go to the grocery store, but they wanted to have a hot home-cooked meal, we were, you know, even able to offer that to people as well. So for us, even though, you know, 2020 has looked like it's been an awful thing for so many other businesses, for us, it really was giving us an, oppor- giving us an opportunity just to add another layer to our business that wasn't necessarily thriving before, but, you know, it was able to come out the box and really kick the door down and really had gotten to, to the point where it was supplementing. And then it got to a point where it was doing greater than, you know, just our regular delivery. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for 2020 and what it has to bring. And that's what it is too. I figure I love documentaries. I've been working on, um, videos and different things and i think uh, i got it i'm gonna do a documentary on 2020 like the pros and the cons and how it changed everybody's life but i really think the end of the documentary i don't know i ain't shooting yet i think it really is going to end up being how it end up being a blessing in disguise for me i got myself i had to face a lot of things that i didn't want to face and deal with but it made me better it made me try therapy it made me try to get my relationships right with different people in my life it really pushed me to become great and really pushed me to focus on the podcast it pushed me to do a lot of things so when your back is against the wall you're gonna find out who you are and for me I, I stood tall I done went through it I got knocked down hard you know but it was like yo I had to get back up and that's how it is in business I heard something that um Dunkin Donuts in on another podcast I listen to podcasts all day at work so on another podcast, they were saying that um, Dunkin' Donuts, what happened was in the 80s and 90s, they were, uh, it was this health kick of like, everybody is like, yo, bread is bad, dough is bad, don't eat at Dunkin'. So what did they do? Being smart and being like how you saying you change taste of essence to a different kind of meal prep and stuff, they transferred their business to coffee. So a little thing for everybody the next time you drive by dunkin donuts you'll see a coffee mug there's no donuts in sight on dunkin donuts like on their <laughs> logo now it's a cup of coffee because they transition to like yo dunkin donuts got the best coffee and that's what it is when you want to become a big brand a household brand like a dunkin donut you got to be able to pivot when things change and that's what you're able to do and that's why you're going to be a success because you're going to be able to grow with the times. Like a lot of people have been switching ideas and changing ideas. And this is to the true hustlers and the true believers in themselves. That's like, look, I can't get defeated. I just got to find another way. It's pushing me another way. And that's why it's not for the weak. The entrepreneurship is not for the weak. You got to be able to stand tall in the face of adversity. What are you going to do? Because it's going to be many times. It's like, I got you now, but it's like, no, you don't got me. I got it. So all the entrepreneurs, man, stay strong. Keep going. Now, Taste of Essence, tell us about that and tell us how your food delivery, your catering is different from most. So Taste of Essence actually began out of a a deep-seated um necessity that that I had in me. I've always been um, an entrepreneur at heart, and a lot of people don't know. I actually had my own business when I was still in high school. I was um, 15 years old, and I was actually a part of a program within Baltimore City 
that brought out, it was over 100 kids um, in high school on different levels, some people, you know, freshmen, freshmen all the way up to seniors. And what you had to do was you broke off into these groups and you actually had to come up with a business plan. And at the end of, it was an 11 week course, at the end of the 11 weeks, you went in and you actually had to present to a board. It was executive executives from banks. It was executives from um, the Baltimore City Mayor's Office and things of that nature. And you had to present your business idea to them. And it was only three um, groups that were picked out of all of these hundreds of children. And my business was actually one that got started um, from that. We were granted the money and we were able to do our business for the for the entire um the entire summer and so i sold balloons in the mall and my business was called that balloon that balloon place and i think that that um was something that sparked um an entrepreneurial bug in me so um i was actually working at at a daycare and you know um i had said to god please tell me what it is that I, I'm supposed to be doing. I had made a transition into doing that. And um, it just, it wasn't um, bringing me the joy that I wanted to have. And so God had already told me what I was supposed to be doing. And me not being obedient, um, I had already, you know, talked about it with my husband. And he said, you know, go for it and do it. And I was like, no, but the money, you know, and I'm, you know, looking at all that. And um, one day I said to him, I said, honey, I'm going to do it. And he was like, okay, you know, because I had said it a thousand times before. And so I, you know, wrote my, my resignation letter and I showed it to him and his eyes got so big. And he said, you're really going to do it. And I said, yes. Um, when I, you know, turned my letter in and all of that, um, and it was just like, oh, um, do you have another job? And I said, no. I stepped out completely on faith, and um, I already knew what my name was going to be for for almost a year. I just had this vision and um, this dream of what I wanted to do. And um, so in 2018, I left there without having another job or anything, and I was just like, I can not fail. The first day, um, you know, I really um, wanted my son. He was in high school at this time. Shout out to Kyrie, my brown boy. I wanted him to promote it. And so he had, you know, put it out. I wasn't familiar with Snap. Um, I had just started my Instagram page, didn't have a Facebook. I was not, we are not social media people. Um, so I didn't even have a way to really advertise the business um, as far as taste of efforts was concerned. I did have a steady um, clientele through catering, but, you know, again, that's about your parties and, you know, things of that nature. So those weren't my, weren't going to be my everyday customers. The first day that my son put it out, I think I got four orders and I was like, okay, you know, all right, this is, you know, okay, now I'm a little nervous and, you know, I'm biting my fingers and stuff like that. And by the next day, and he was getting orders at night. So by the next morning, we had 25 orders just from four people ordering. And I was like, this is going to take off. Um, 
for me, the difference between Taste of Athens and every other place out here is that we do fresh. We absolutely do fresh. You're not going to get a bunch of processed stuff. You're not going to get food that's loaded with preservatives and things of that nature because it is being made fresh. Um, I, I tell everybody, um, I don't know what the what the big difference is the only thing that i can tell you is that i love it and everything that i make i do it with love everything that i present i'm presenting it as if i'm giving it to my very own family i don't we don't um you know put out bs and we don't put out junk um we we are really about freshness and quality and i think that that's what makes us stand out above, you know, everybody else. You can go to a Burger King and a McDonald's and get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, but I've had people hit me up like, that is the best bacon, egg, and cheese I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, but it's really a bacon, egg, and cheese. But that's how they feel. I think that when people get our food and they taste our food, they're not just getting a taste of essence. They're, they're getting a taste of love. They feel the love. They know that that I'm pouring myself into it. And I think that that's what makes the difference. That's what makes us stand out from everybody else. Now that is a great explanation. Everybody make sure you go get that taste of essence. So for Thanksgiving, are you doing anything for the Thanksgiving season? We are rocking and rolling for Thanksgiving people. I'm telling you now we have limited slots. So you better we have fried turkeys um, this year, and we have a full Thanksgiving menu that has been posted on Instagram. It will be posted daily. We are also doing um, desserts this year. We've added um, a few um, extra items, new items to our menus, but our main thing is our fried turkeys. Um, you can go to Popeye's, but Popeye's is frozen. Ours is not going to be delivered to you frozen. It's going to be delivered to you hot and fresh you can eat it when we deliver it or you can save it to the next day and heat it up yourself but it's going to be delivered to you piping hot um they are fantastic golden brown seasoned on the inside they are moist we have repeat customers every year they cannot get enough and if you don't order you are going to be missing out that is a great, great introduction to Taste of Essence and a great, great pitch on why you need to get Taste of Essence. And which area are you serving now? It'll be the world soon, but for now, which area are you serving? We do. We actually do Baltimore and all of the all of the surrounding um, the surrounding counties. We realistically, as far as our deliveries are concerned with Thanksgiving, we go pretty far. Um, there hasn't been a person that has really hit us up, and we have not been able to get to them. So we've done all the way down to um, Bowie and places of that nature in order to get our um, turkeys out. But um, it, it, it's been an excellent ride as far as those deliveries and things of that are concerned. Um, oh, I forgot to mention our brown sugar glazed hams. That has been something that was added last year and that has been a phenomenal hit we had orders from the university of maryland um two different their main um their main corporate office and we also did their um their trauma office last year as well um so we will go where you need us to go 
just make sure you place your order. Okay, and what is your day-to-day, like, specialty item that you have that everybody, you know, not just for the Thanksgiving holiday, but what's the item that you have day-to-day that's a hit, that's your big specialty? So all of my my people that are listening are going to know that Fridays, F-R-Y, Fridays are a huge hit for us. Um, we typically, the main staple on Fridays, we do fried fish. Um, we always do macaroni and cheese. We do um, fresh candy yams, and our vegetables typically changes. But the one vegetable that I would say that most of our people really love is our um, fresh kale greens. Um, they absolutely love it, but we sell out of macaroni, yams, and greens every time that we make it. The fried fish is always a hit, and one of our other top sellers is fried pork chops. People cannot get enough. And what is that slogan for that taste of essence? For taste of essence, we always say, have you ordered yet? If not, you better come on and get you some, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Now, we're going to wrap this up. My last question I try to ask everybody, uh, just speaking to existence now, what do you want for your life and what do you want out of life in your journey? So I'm actually so happy that I am already living a dream. Um, I've been afforded the opportunity to have a fantastic family and a fantastic support system. My children grind as hard as I do. My husband works every day to allow me to live my dream. So I'm 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 actually I'm actually living my dream right now. Um and I think that it's so important for people to stop and realize what they already have and to be grateful for that. I do have goals and aspirations um to go even further. I want people to really um, tune into us and stay tuned because we have so much more that's coming. Um, I have um, something that I'm getting ready to give birth to. I won't reveal it on here. Hopefully, um, Reds will have me back on this is recorded podcast and I can do a big reveal for what we have coming. But we have some greater things that are in store. Um, we are definitely going to be a household name. You will see us. Um, right now, we are operating out of Baltimore, Maryland, but that is not going to be the end for us. I really see us being nationwide, and we are going to be a household name. I just want to say, though, that I am grateful for where we are right now, that I am living the dream, thankful to my children and my husband for being supportive, thankful to everybody that has ever purchased anything from us because it means so much that you would think that much of us and not think in robbery to sow a seed into um, our little business that could. We won't be little forever. And when we get big, we'll remember when we were little. So that's our dream. I know that it's going to happen. Um, I'm working very hard to manifest it every day. Again, I will not leave this world a worse place than when I came in. It's definitely going to be better, and I'm looking forward to it. And that is beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. Taste of Essence. Follow them on Instagram. Say yes events. I'll put everything in the bio, and this is recorded.